the volume. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner TireRack.com for their fast free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires like the highly consumer rated Hankook Dynapro AT2 Extreme. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on? Good morning, good day, good afternoon, good to be heard. I'm John Middlecoff. This is the 3 and Out Podcast. Happy to be alive. Just watched a little football. Interesting game. And we will dive in right off the top uh, to the Seattle Rams. Big win by Sean McVay and the, and the Rams. You know, NFL is a crazy place. Russell Wilson obviously hurt his finger. Geno Smith threw a game-ending pick. Wasn't totally his fault. But uh, a lot of other stuff going on. Urban Meyer, the fiasco continues. I just saw his wife quit Twitter. Uh and Dave Tepper trades for Stephon Gilmore, the Pittsburgh Steelers, who watching the Dodger Cardinal game, I think there are a lot of similarities between the Steelers and the Cardinals. The major difference is when Ben goes down, there's no trading for a legit, you know, star player on someone else's team like in baseball. You are stuck. And it could be a major problem for the Steelers. Obviously, talked to my guy Stucky, who's hot. He's eight and four this year. Uh went. You know, picked the two New York games last year. Loves picking these dogs. I might need to start betting on some dogs with him. And uh, go through some of the games for this Sunday. Some good games, some pretty bad games. 
There's a London game. I don't know why we keep sending our worst teams over to London. I, I guess they must like football, but holy moly. Imagine sending them some good teams, but Atlanta, the Jets. <laughs> here, here you go, fellas. Uh, but the Sunday night game's good. Buffalo going to Kansas City, exciting times. And then, of course, the Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up into those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. Also, posting all this stuff on YouTube. You can find it on the Volumes YouTube page. Uh, yeah, and also the Monday night or the Monday podcast is exclusively on the three and out feed. Exclusively on the three and out feed. So if you listen through Collins, subscribe to the three and out feed. Monday morning's podcast comes out reacting to some stuff on Sunday, separate from Tuesday and Friday, exclusively on the feed. Go subscribe. Leave a review if you want, if you like the show. Appreciate everyone that's been listening. Okay, let's dive into what we just saw. And I have a very, very simple rule when it comes to these Thursday night games. I would say any Thursday night game after like week two, I don't really judge you. I I don't have strong opinions on your style, on your execution. It gets very, very difficult once you get into October, mid-October, late October, November. You are talking about a four-day turnaround after you just played. I mean, these guys just played four straight weeks of NFL football. So the only thing I'm truly judging you on is do you win or do you lose? And I give extra credit as these weeks go, once you get to week five, week six, week seven, when the road team wins these Thursday night games. It's an incredible win. And when it's a divisional game, it doesn't get any better. I don't care who you're playing. And in this instance, obviously these are two really good teams, two teams that everyone picks to go to the playoffs. So the Rams go on the road after getting their ass kicked by the Cardinals. Hat tip. I'm not going to dive in to critically judge Matt Stafford, who everyone's nitpicking on social media. And I look 25 at 37. Now, did he throw a terrible pick? Yes. Does he do some things that scratch your head a little bit? Of course. That's part of the Matt Stafford package. But I'll take him on my team any day. You want Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance for Matt Stafford straight up? Do the deal yesterday. Also, when you go into like the only goal, there are no style points. This is not college. We're not trying to make the college football playoffs. We're not trying to get extra credit with the BCS rankings. We're just trying to win the game. So when you go in on the road, divisional opponent, even if it's ugly, even if it gets weird, even if the other team star quarterback gets injured, you don't give a shit. You do not apologize for winning. You get the dub and you get out. I never, ever make huge judgments on these Thursday night games. I say this all the time, like when family members defend or get in arguments about like, you know, the wives of players or the wives of coaches on social media that are defending their husbands. It's like, what do you guys think they're going to do? Not defend them? Like, what? they're emotionally tied, you know? They literally sleep with these people. I, I never quite understand that. And I see, I saw on social media tonight, everyone's like nitpicking this game. It's like, what do you guys expect? These Thursday night games, as the year goes on, typically get worse. Like, tonight was really sloppy. It was an ugly game. Like, it was, if I didn't do this for a living, I, you know, I might have thrown on a movie, right? And left this on the second TV. The baseball game I had on my second TV was also terrible. Somehow the Tampa Bay Rays just consistently kill the Yankees and Red Sox. So I didn't, I just was stuck. And obviously I have to talk about this game and I'm invested. I'm an NFC West guy, but that game was awful. It was really bad. It was hard to watch at times, but that's what I expect. 
I know what I'm getting into. Even though on paper, Ram Seattle looks awesome. I was kind of excited. And then I knew early on, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what this is going to look like. And then the other thing is like, Seattle obviously lost Russell Wilson when his finger got messed up. And Geno came in and did an admirable job. I think we would all admit any Giants or Jets fans that are watching this would go, listen, I thought Geno played pretty well. I know he threw the pick at the end of the game. We also led the touchdown drive. Uh, so I, I'm not the offense when Russell goes out. That's tough. Two things about Seattle. Because the Rams are 4-1. and one. They're, they, they beat Tampa. They beat Seattle on the road. Like, they're feeling good. It hasn't been the prettiest thing. They obviously got their ass kicked by Arizona. But you go for every team in the league would take four and one going into uh, after a Thursday night game. Every single team in the league. There's not one that would turn that down if I gave that option August 30th. Every single team. So they've done their job. It's going to take some time acclimating Matt, acclimating Matt Stafford. But look, the wide receivers look pretty damn good. And if they can keep running the ball with Daryl Henderson, Sean McVay is a big time coach. They will be fine. Seattle's got a problem. And I really think two problems. One, I was looking into Shane Waldron, who was their offensive coordinator, who actually they hired from the Rams. And either Jay Glazer or Troy Aikman, one of those guys said that Pete Carroll had reached out when he was interested in interviewing him, and Sean McVay gave him a high-level recommendation. And that was one of the reasons. Obviously, Pete was impressed once he talked with him and interviewed him. But Sean McVay said, you should hire this guy, and he hired him. It's not going well. And I Googled his resume, and he worked for the Patriots in like 07 and 08 and 09. He was a quality control guy, and then he was a tight ends coach. Then all of a sudden, he just wasn't on the Patriots anymore, and he was coaching in the UFL. And I couldn't find an article detailing this, but did Belichick fire him? Because that's kind of what it looks like. Who in their right mind in 2019 would have left the Patriots as the tight end coach to go be the wide receiver coach in the UFL? Like, I'm taking an educated guess here. Could be wrong. I would imagine he was fired. But here's a reality with Shane Waldron and Seattle. It doesn't look right. It just does not. And this is before Russell messed up his hand. It was last week against the 49ers. They, through the first quarter last year, they had negative three yards. The first half, they had seven points. It wasn't until Russell pulled a couple plays out of his ass and a special team fumble that gave him a free touchdown. Their offense does not look good. Remember how good their offense looked last year for the first half of the season when it looked like Russell was going to be the MVP? This is not working. It's just not. And it's just sometimes you hire a coordinator and you get it right, right? Sometimes you hire a Kyle Shanahan, you hire, you know, a Sean Payton type, an Andy Reid, like those type guys. And those are bad examples because they're head coaches too. But I'm trying to think of a good example. Most of these coaches now are also the play caller. So it's hard to find. But back in the day, when you actually, when the head coach, like look at, uh, you know, Harbaugh with Greg Roman and Lamar Jackson. That has worked very well, right? You got Greg Roman for a defensive head coach. You know, Harbaugh's really just a CEO, whatever you want to consider him. And it's worked out. This is not working out. And clearly Pete, philosophically, he wants to run the ball, but he doesn't, he's not telling you what plays to run or not. It's not going well. And you know what? It's just the reality. Sometimes when you draft a player, you you draft the wrong guy. Sometimes when you hire a coach, no different hiring a coach than hiring anyone in any walk of life. You are not going to go 100% on your hires. And I think the offensive coordinator position, more than any other position, especially when you have an established coach, gets nitpicked and gets every fan thinks the guy's an idiot. 
And really, like, you could nitpick Seattle, but they had a lot of success offensively the last several years. Defensively, it's not going that well. But they don't have the horses. The number one thing I will never forget, and I went to Seattle games in the peak of their powers, in 13, 14, 15, I went to, I probably saw them play live three or four times. That team was so fucking good, it was stupid on defense. Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett were unstoppable forces. They were fast. They had power. Their ability to pressure the quarterback. They were always in the backfield. Bobby Wagner was young and a dominant player. K.J. Wright was everywhere. And then you had Cam Chancellor, who was cracking skulls. You had Earl Thomas, who covered the entire field. And you had Richard locking down half the field. Their defense was elite. And they were consistently, they went to -to back-to-back Super Bowls. Now their defense is Swiss cheese. They had two guys, Cooper Cup and Robert Woods tonight, combined for 19 catches. And 150 times 90, almost 250 yards, and averaging like 12 and a half plus yards a catch. They get sliced and diced. And listen, I had no problem with the Jamal Adams, what they paid him. Remember, I hammered that home. I had no problem the price. They gave him $35, $38 million guaranteed, whatever. My issue was... You can't trade two ones and a two for a player that can't cover. So if you could have acquired him as a free agent, it would have been a great deal. But when you had to buy him, you know, for the trade, because you eventually had to, you know, pay him. So it was all kind of a package deal indirectly. It's just a lot. And your pass defense is atrocious. And Pete, at his core, is a DB coach. How can their DBs be so terrible. They hit, you know, they kind of struck oil with Quandre Diggs making that trade because the the morons in Detroit gave him away for free, basically. But their corners, their pass rush, the whole thing is just, their defense is just bleh. This is not going to work. Like, that is not a team that, at best, and right now at two and three, you know, they get, you know, 10 days off. I bet Russell's finger will be okay unless he did something really bad, which, you know, I don't think he did. I bet he was just in a lot of pain. He couldn't grip the ball. Seattle's in some trouble. Like, to me, they look like, you know, an 8-9 win team. And 8-9 wins ain't getting into the playoffs. Not in the NFC. Not with the 17th game. Like, the Rams at 4-1, and one, they could screw around. They're probably still getting to 10 or 11. They'll be fine. Arizona's already at 4-0. and oh, So, worst case, they lose this week. They're at 4-1. and one. You're at four and one. You give yourself such a buffer. When you're two and three, you have no margin for error. And you saw tonight, like their margin for error, once Russell goes out, it's like, oh shit, here we go. Because their defense can't really carry him. And even though it kind of made some plays tonight. And ultimately, they only gave up 26 points. But really, it's kind of inflated because the first quarter was such a joke. So it was basically a three-quarter game, right? I mean, nothing happened in the first quarter. It was 0-0. Missing field goals, turning the ball over, doing weird stuff. I just see this team like as pretty flawed. They either are going to hit bombs to Lockett or DK or do nothing. Their their defense isn't going to ha- they're not going to play in many games like when they score 17 points. If I just told you going into a game unless they are playing a terrible team. If they are playing any team that's worthy of like 6 or 7 wins in the NFL or up. So any mediocre to obviously playoff level teams and they're only going to score 17 points, hell 20 points, hell 21 points. Seattle's not going to win many games. And their offense, the Chiefs are kind of like this too. But the Chiefs are like, yeah, let's go 40. We'll beat you 40 to 35. Seattle can't really do that right now. I don't trust their offensive coordinator. 
There, Pete just might have made the wrong hire. Who's to say that Sean McVay didn't kind of want him out of there so he could elevate some better guy? Not saying that's the truth, but it's possible. It's just, it's not going well. And it, it's it's even before Russell got hurt. The whole thing was Seattle. Something's just off. And I think you got to ask yourself big picture, you know, Pete's going to be 70 years old. You, you just kind of, you run up to a time where you just go, has this, have we hit an end date? Has he done all he can? He's had a hell of a career. He Over the last 20 years, one of the most remarkable head coaches in all of football. What he did at USC, what he turned Seattle into. It just kind of feels like it's coming down the home stretch. He's lost his fastball. We, we've all, if you've watched, if you have a baseball team, you've all seen that pitcher who when he's young, he's throwing like 96. And then as he ages, but he's still good, he's throwing like 94. And then if he lasts a long time on your team, by the time he's like 33, 34, like, God, he only throws like 90. And when he's off, dudes are just hitting 500 foot, you know, moonshots. It feels like Pete's kind of like a pitcher. It's just, you know, used to throw 98 at his peak at USC and even early on in Seattle. Then like the last four or five years was still throwing like 93, 94 and was, was crafty. And now it's like he's throwing 89. And, and guys like Stanton and guys like Judge are just praying he throws a fastball. And that's when I watch Seattle, I just go, yeah, we just know what's coming. And, you know, they're just not that good. College football season in full swing, baby. You can make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. That's my place right now. All customers, all of them, get a $10 parlay bet bonus. Place a $20 parlay bet, 20 bucks, and get a $10 bonus, win or lose. Some interesting games this week. I like Oklahoma minus three and a half to beat Texas and cover I think it's a high-scoring game, but I'll take the Sooners' culture to beat the Longhorns. Keep your eye on Michigan minus three at Nebraska. I think Michigan has an identity for the first time in the Harbaugh reign. I think the Wolverines win and cover. Also, I think Penn State plus two and a half has a chance in sort of a dull, low-scoring game to beat Iowa. I'd probably take them plus two and a half. By the way, why should you use FanDuel Sportsbook? It's easy to register, easy to deposit, easy to find your bet. My friends love betting on a FanDuel Sportsbook. When you win, you get paid in as little as 24 hours. If you're new to the FanDuel Sportsbook, sign up today, promo code Colin. Promo code Colin. Also receive a risk-free bet up to $1,000. Promo code Colin so they know I sent you. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max bonus $10, $400 final price or longer required. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbookfanduel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Well, I hit on this on on Tuesday's show about my thoughts on Urban Meyer and everything that had gone viral of his, you know, hanging out with chicks and boosters at Ohio State or whatever. I, I, I don't even know. I don't really care who he was with, but more information came out. He didn't fly home with the team. And my whole take was... I, I don't care that he had cocktails. And I think it would be naive to think that coaches don't go out and have cocktails. And I also thought that it was, I was a little uncomfortable. And I saw this a lot on Twitter. Like, what would his wife think? I, I, anyone who assumed, what, what's the thing with assuming? You make an ass out of you and me. I never assume anything with a marriage or a relationship. And to think that the, that the richest people in this country have normal relationships, like me and you, you would be you would be floored. I mean, when I worked in the NFL, some of the things I heard, you know, I was like, whoa. You know, so listen. And, and I think this works all over society, not just in the NFL. I never judge people's marriages, their relationships. I, I truly do not give a shit what people do. But, so my take was like, I, I did think it was a little, you know, the, the, uh, the reaction was kind of crazy to me. But the reaction happened. And ultimately, Urban had to apologize. Shad Khan had to come out with a statement. I couldn't figure out if it was real or not because I was getting a lot of statements on my social media times within a deep drive by Castellanos to, you know, to 4 nothing Paul Game Reds. But I do think he released a statement saying that he was pissed off. And here's what I will not argue. One, I am not an Urban Meyer defender when he came into the NFL. I thought it was a bad hire. I didn't think it made much sense. I think he's over his head. I think his coaching staff's terrible. I think he is an egomaniac that was fantastic for college when he could overpower and bulldoze everyone in his way. He dominated in that realm. This is different because you can't bulldoze your superiors. Like your AD in college works for you, basically, when you're somewhat of Urban Meyer stature. Nick Saban answers to nobody. Urban answered to nobody. Pete Carroll answered to nobody. That is not the case in the NFL. You answer to the guy cutting your check because it's not a department it's not a booster club. It's one human being. It's Shad Khan. Now, he's been a terrible owner, and he runs a uh, a clown franchise. Let's face it. The Jacksonville Jags feel like a team that you would see in a movie. One of the shitty teams in a movie. Like, the, the whole, I, I just, I don't take the franchise seriously. But they paid him a lot of money. And here's where I will, because I, I, I got some texts from buddies in the NFL that were like, you know, I hear what you're saying about the moral superiority of everyone getting on their you know high horse and pounding their chest. It's like anyone who does that, I always think has more skeletons in the closet than most. But in the NFL, distractions, and in football in general, distractions are things that coaches and franchises want to avoid at all costs. And it can't be argued that he created a huge distraction for his team when they were already terrible. And he's already done several things that have made us scratch our head, right? Hell, in the draft, they drafted a running back in the first round, and they immediately moved into receiver when one of the best players on their team was a running back from last year, James Robinson. But that's a football thing. He had hired the strength coach from Iowa, who they immediately had to fire. It's like Urban, he just doesn't have a great feel for the way the league works. This is true private sector business. In college, I've always said, it's not a true, it's not a normal industry. Because in no normal business would you have all these sports that don't make a penny and get subsidized by football and basketball. 
where in football, only one thing makes money, and that's the football team. And that pays for everything. And the league is very lucrative, and it makes a ton of cash. Well, Urban Meyer, once he has the thing that happened over the weekend, and all the, the apologies have to come out, and Mike Silver comes out with a tweet thread about the players lost respect for him. And I said this from the jump. Like, even Jim Harbaugh or Pete Carroll, who had had success in college and then went to Seattle in the 49ers, those guys had NFL backgrounds. Pete Carroll had been a head coach for multiple NFL teams. Jim Harbaugh played in the league for 15 years and then got his coaching start for Al Davis. So, like, Jim Harbaugh knew what it was like to be around NFL players while they were in the NFL. Pete Carroll had coached NFL players, even though the economics were probably a little bit different in the late 90s than they were when he came back in 2010. But he he understood the landscape of the league. Urban Meyer never coached a day in his life in the league. And now it feels like, if I, I know this, if you put yourself in the owner's shoes, you'd go, three people I never, ever want to worry about. That would be my head coach, my general manager, and my quarterback. Now, I don't mean that those guys can't make mistakes football-wise, right? You can draft the wrong player. You can make the wrong call on third down. You can throw an interception. But I never, ever want to have to deal with, uh, my GM got a DUI. Uh, my head coach is trending on social media. Uh, my quarterback is, you know, has alleged 57 masseuses are coming after him for sexual assault. That's a problem. I, you know, you just, sometimes you have to deal with it with a wide receiver, with a defensive lineman, with the quarterback, the coach, and the general manager. I never, ever want to think about it. And right now, Urban Meyer is a major problem for the Jags because he's a huge distraction. He is a walking, he's a walking distraction at the moment. And the main problem, if you are going to be a distraction, you better be winning. Because at the end of the day, winning band-aids everything in pro sports, right? You win, it's like, whatever. We'll just deal with that crap later. But they're not only not winning, they're not equipped to win because their roster sucks, and they're not going to win this year. I mean, they, they might win two games. So I, I saw Florio just had a headline, like, will Urban survive the season? Now, if you're Shad Khan, you could afford... Let's just hypothetically say they gave him five years, $60 million, right? Like $12 million a year or something. You could pay him the $12 million, or not the $12 million, but like the $48 million after this year to go away. Do you want to do that? Of course you do not. But money to these guys, it's money's all relative. It's just a line item. So they could pay him to go away. I do think they're in a tough spot because you have, in theory, your franchise on the squad. In Trevor Lawrence. And I, I saw this way back in the day, different circumstances with Alex Smith. Now, Trevor Lawrence should be a way better player than Alex Smith. He's more physically gifted. But the, the Alex Smith, Aaron Rodgers draft, Alex came to the 49ers. They had Mike Nolan, who we all know is one of the biggest clown shows we've ever seen. And then after Mike Nolan got fired, they got Mike Singletary. So for about four or five years, Alex Smith was in quarterback prison, right? Like his organization was a clown show. His team was a joke. His coaching situation was a joke. The ownership was bad. The whole thing. And so it's very, very hard to overcome that. Most quarterbacks get destroyed and are able to overcome that. Now with the Jags, if you're, you know, Shad Khan, you go, well, I do have a GM, Trent Baalke, who's been a part of some weird stuff, but he did have some good drafts and he was a part of building a team that made several conference championships and a Super Bowl. I have the young quarterback who is zero worry for me, and I don't even have to think about it. Then I have this coach. 
who might not really be a good coach relative to the NFL, two, is causing problems now. He's got several problems. Do I want to deal with this headache? I wonder if we can talk to the point. Now, listen, men have big egos. No one's just going to be like, hey, man, I'll quit. You don't have to pay me my $48 million. I doubt that's going to happen. But can you start kind of getting the ball rolling to force him out? You know, it's a tough spot for this franchise. But Urban Meyer, again, I do not care. Like you would be, you would be crazy to think the coaches, after wins and definitely losses, don't go places to have cocktails. Now, do they do it discreetly? Do they do it in places, you know, in VIP rooms? Do they do it in private parties? Probably. And I think Urban is just, he's 60 years old. So it's not like, you know, he's only 37. Like if this would have happened to Sean McVay three or four years ago, we'd be like, well, he's a little young, he's a little green. That ain't Urban Meyer. So I am not acting like he deserves to, one, keep his job. I never would have hired him. I I think he's completely over his head. This is not going to work. No chance. Like I would bet the farm against this working. I just think that we're on the trajectory now and the the avalanche is rolling down the hill. It's going to end ugly because I do do not see Urban just tapping out. I I can't see it. Now, I think if you're Shad Khan, what you would really hope for is, you know, these buyouts, even though I've always been confused, why would a college have to pay a buyout separate industries to get Urban Meyer? But what if you could convince Urban, just go back to college? And I saw someone put it out there, Brett McMurphy, who covers college football, said he pulled a bunch of ADs and it was like less than 40% of the AD said he's untouchable. I'm calling bullshit. If Urban Meyer, beside probably Alabama and Georgia, maybe Oregon, but even like Urban's a way better coach than Mario, it'd be a short list. If Urban Meyer wanted to go to those schools, those schools would hire him. Now, I've heard before that USC, the president, who is a woman, has told people she would not hire Urban Meyer, everything that happened at Ohio State. But I do think that co- that programs would be interested in the guy because that's where he belongs. Sunday, clearly over his head. Talk about ownership in the NFL. We saw a move this week. I, I think the new move by NFL teams is when you have a good player. The Raiders did this with Rodney Hudson. The Patriots clearly did this with Stephon Gilmore. You leak out in the morning because the way it works is uh, the waiver wire comes out at 4 o'clock Eastern, 1 o'clock Pacific. So if at like 7 a.m. you leak out, we are going to release a player. The teams, they all have little interns. Hell, I mean, all these GMs are on Twitter. They see, whoa, this guy is going to get released. Immediately, you call the team and be like, hey, because if you have by this time, now it's week what week are we in? Week four? We're going into week five. The The waiver wire resets. For the first four weeks, it's based on the draft order. So the Jags would have the number one pick and so on. But once you get to week going into this, this week, it resets based on records. So if you're a team like the Carolina Panthers, who had a really, really high uh, claim order originally because you were drafting high in the draft, what were they, eighth? you're now way farther down because you're three and one. So if you want to get a Stephon Gilmore, you would have no chance to claim him. And there are also other variables, salary cap. You have to be able to take on his salary. They called immediately and said, hey, we trade for you. And a lot of teams, like this notion is like, why didn't my team trade for him? Well, a lot of teams don't have the salary cap space to take him. But David Tepper paid $2.2 billion 
in cash for the team. $2.2 billion in cash for the team. I think you see it right now with the housing market. If you look at all these different suburbs, the suburbs all over America, houses have gone up 50, 100, 200%, right? A home three years ago that was 500 grand is now 1.4 million. A home two years ago that was 1.2 million is now 2.7 million. Housing prices are through the fucking roof. It's crazy. So think if you go to one of these suburbs and you pay $2.5 million for a home. It's a lot of money. And people probably listen to this like, Jesus, John, how much money are we talking? Depends where you live, right? Maybe that expensive house is 1.2. But there are going to be people in that community. Hell, I see it in the Bay Area where houses are so inflated, it's out of control. I had a buddy that just bought like a $2.8 million house. It was a complete teardown. But there are people in that neighborhood that paid like $300,000 30 years ago and still live in the neighborhood. So you come into the neighborhood and it's just human nature. You're like, well, I just made you a lot of money. Like you should be kind of nice to me. I helped just immediately put equity by resetting the market in this, in this area. And I, I noticed that like if you're David Tepper and you pay all this money for a franchise, the NFL is owned by a ton of families who have been in the league for 30, 40, 50 years. Hell, some of them, you know, the Bears and the Giants, way longer than that. They obviously didn't pay that much money for the team. And some of these franchises have owners whose net worth is entirely tied to the franchise. And I'm not taking anything away. At one point in time, they paid a lot, even if it was like in the 40s, if you paid $5 million for the franchise relative to that time, was a boatload of money, was a boatload of cash. So you benefit from making a good investment. But no one ever thought, you know, in 60, 70 years, you're going to be one of the richest people in America because you own this team. So David Tepper comes in, he's already numb to money. He just paid, these these people could never imagine, they've never had that type of money, paying that type of cash for a franchise. So he comes in very, very aggressive. And if you look at what he's done from the jump, it's been really, really impressive. Like, it's pretty clear he's a high-level owner. I was watching Coward this morning. He was talking about it. And I wrote the same thing down last night because I was thinking once they made the trade, look at Steve Ballmer. He's come into the Clippers who had a historically cheap owner, a guy that refused to pay money. And the irony is, is uh, what was his name? I'm forgetting the old Clippers. Oh, Donald Sterling. He actually had a bunch of money because he was a slumlord in LA, owned a ton of real estate. He just refused to spend it on the basketball team. Well, these new owners that come into basketball and they come into football, hell, even Jimmy Haslam, who was an awful, awful owner the first you know four or five years of owning that team, he was a big money guy. Now, did he do it shady with uh, Flying J and some of the trucking companies? Yeah, it's debatable. But he never had an issue of just paying coaches to go away. Like, oh, this guy failed. Now, you could argue he was hiring the wrong guys. And he was consistently, but the moment that guy sucked, the moment the GM was a clown, he would just pay them off. Like, go away, go away. And he was running through them at rapid, at you know, rapid fire. But it didn't matter to him. Because the, the money, which is a ton of money, when you pay someone 20, 30, 40 million dollars to go away, if you're listening to this, me, like you just say those numbers, it's like, God, that's a lot of money. But to these guys, it's just a line item. And to David Tepper, who's worth over $10 billion dollars, making moves and being aggressive is something that he naturally did in the finance world. And he comes into it like money to him. He's numb to it all. 
Can you imagine paying? I don't care how much you're worth giving someone cash, $2.2 billion. Like that's a lot of money. And then think the, think of what he does. He goes and gets Matt Rule, who it's kind of crazy, but Baylor was paying him like $8 million. So Matt Rule, you know, could play hard to get a little bit. David Tepper's like, how much is it going to cost? Oh, $72 million. Oh, here's the money. Here's the check. Oh, we want to get this guy from Seattle. Okay, we'll buy him too. And Ballmer did the same thing. He got, I guess Doc Rivers was already there, but bought Ty Lu, got uh, Kawhi Leonard, goes and makes a trade for Paul George. These guys are naturally very aggressive and they have no problem paying huge taxes. You know, in the NBA, you get taxed if you go over the salary cap. In the NFL, you have to stay under the cap because the hard uh, the hard cap. But the where you can take advantage of it is paying coaches, paying the front office. And when you see this trade for Stephon Gilmore, it's a little baseball-y. Now, they only gave up a six-round pick. So even if the guy leaves at the end of the year, who cares? But I think a lot of teams, even if they have the salary cap space, because there is a question. Gilmore tore his quad last year. He's a man-to-man corner who hangs his hat on a, a, a elite athleticism. So, you know, like uh, like Darrell Revis, Deion Sanders, a true elite athlete, Jalen Ramsey, you put on a star wide receiver and he mirrors him the entire game. Well, to do that, your athleticism, your explosiveness, your speed has to be top notch. So there's a question. Maybe he lost that when he tears his squad. We're going to find out whenever he comes off pup. But the mindset in Carolina, and then think about the way they got their quarterback, Sam Darnold, who I think is probably a little overhyped right now, but is still playing pretty good. Like, think about the Niners, who watching Trey Lance's second half back, I went, God, he has a long way to go. They paid a premium to get Trey Lance. They paid their first-round pick this year and two other first-round picks to get in that spot. That is a lot. So anything less than Trey Lance being a pro bowler, they're in shambles. Well, before, we can nitpick Jimmy Garoppolo all we want. They gave up a second-round pick to get him. Same thing with Sam Darnold in Carolina. They gave up a second-round pick to get him. Now, like Jimmy Garoppolo, his contract is coming up, right? I guess he's in, uh, he'd be in year four. He's got his fifth-year option picked up. Are you going to extend him? How much is it going to cost? Like, there are other variables at play, but their price to acquire him wasn't that expensive. So if he is just a top 15 quarterback, that's a hell of a deal. You can spend money other places right now, and they're doing it. Now, eventually, Sam Darnold, how much they pay him, will judge that moment, and we'll see how he plays the rest of the season. But the Carolina Panthers feel like they're here to stay. Even the Cleveland Browns, think about this. And I thought Jimmy Haslam, I mean, it's not even a thought. Like, everyone agreed. He was not a very good owner. It was not going well in Cleveland. But he could keep buying his way out of these problems. And eventually, he bought his way out, he bought his way out, he bought his way out. He got Andrew Barry and he got Kevin Stefanski, and they, they're good. You know, they're, they're fine. But he just kept buying his way out. A lot of these franchises wouldn't have been able to do that or wouldn't have had the mindset, because they do have the money, to, to pull the trigger on that. So I, I think David Tepper, the Carolina Panthers, uh, even if Gilmore doesn't become what he used to be after this injury, I love the mindset. I love the move. And I think the Carolina Panthers are going to be very, very feisty. And, and their success is really going to be predicated on, can Sam, I don't know if he'll ever quite be a pro bowler, but can he be a really good player? Can he be a guy that you view, you know, this guy is like a fringe top 12 quarterback. Because if he is, they're, they're going to be a good team for a while. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, 
and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, 
like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. The other thing, watching uh, the Cardinals play the Dodgers on uh, would have been Wednesday night. Fantastic uh, playoff baseball game. Playoff baseball is incredible. Every pitch matters. Every runner matters. Every base matters. I, it, it, it parallels you know playoff football where every every yard matters. Every first down, second down, third down matters. Every possession matters. It's very intense. It's it just you're on tilt the entire time. And the Cardinals, who, you know, my Giants have beat three times uh, in, the, in the playoffs over the last couple of decades. But I, I just Googled the last 20 years. Like, what has been their record? And it jumped. I, I knew they've been good. I mean, they're in the playoffs all the time. They have had one losing record in 21 years. One. One losing record. And I think the, one of the most underrated things in any business is being consistent. Just every day. Every week. Every month. Just showing up. I, I've talked about it before. The, the rule Pat Hill had at Fresno State was just be there. And it's just like, you can pass so many people if you just show up every day. Show up every day. And just be consistent. It doesn't mean you always have to be the best. It doesn't mean, you know, sometimes you're not going to be, you're going to be your worst. But if you're just there every day, swinging your pick, answering the bell, things are going to turn out pretty well. Consistency is very, very underrated. I just think in business. And that, obviously, pro sports is a business. And this, the, the uh, St. Louis Cardinals have been one of the most consistent organizations in all of pro sports. They've only won two World Series over that time. I think winning championships, it's not overrated, but it, it's basically impossible to do it a lot. What the Patriots did is abnormal. We're never going to see that again. Hell, the Giants winning three World Series in five years, that's not going to happen again. Look how good the Dodgers have been for the last decade. They have one championship. And it's a little bit of a flawed one because it was the Corona year where they only played 60 regular season games. But like I've watched that team for seven, eight years and go, they deserve to be a champion. Like the Atlanta Braves in the 90s. They won every single year. But I think some people go, you know, it's kind of a letdown. I go, you know, the, the St. Louis Cardinals make a ton of money because every year their consumer, their fan knows we got a chance. And, and that is a big deal in pro sports. I Googled the Pittsburgh Steelers today. They have also had one losing season over since 2000. One losing season. It's obviously well talked about. Mike Tomlin has never had a season under 500. Like the St. Louis Cardinals, you knew what the Pittsburgh Steelers, if you're a fan, if you're their consumer, every year we got a chance. That doesn't mean you're going to win it. They haven't won a Super Bowl in over a decade. But for the last decade, every year, their fans went in. We're a playoff team. We got a chance. Get us to the dance and see what happens. And this year, I think that's ending. And the problem in baseball, where it can be more of a group effort, right? You have a solid pitching staff. You get some scrappy guys late in the order. You get some good bench players. You you trade for a couple stars. You can kind of patchwork it together. I mean, the Cardinals lineup probably looks dramatically different this year than it did four years ago, than it did eight years ago. Like, it's constantly changing. Where in football, you have some stalwarts. And, And the Steelers really have had one main stalwart because the sport is much more predicated on one human being. 
And Ben has, let's face it, been a huge reason for Mike Tomlin's success. And there's nothing wrong with that. Now, they've had good defenses. They've been tough teams. You know, the division, I guess the Bengals have been good. It's been tough. You know, the Ravens have been consistently good. Some of those early Flacco teams, now with Lamar. The Bengals have had good teams with Marvin Lewis. The Browns, for the most part, have sucked. But the Steelers could play with anyone, basically, beside the Patriots. Their problem is, I don't see how they pivot from this. You know, it was... It was obtainable when Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado became available and the Cardinals just well-run front office. They go land them both. And those guys are star players. I'm, I'm an NL West guy, Giants fan. Probably beside Buster Posey and Clayton Kershaw, those are the best two players of the last decade in the division. And they are they bat three and four for them now. It's, it's incredible. But it's easier to pull off in baseball. Like, if Paul Goldschmidt, the equivalent in football at quarterback would be like, uh, Kyler Murray's on the block. You know, Joe Burrow's on the block. That doesn't happen. I don't see what the Steelers do. And I've talked about this, and I've had some people DM me, like, I, you know, watch the Liberty quarterback, and someone forwarded me, watch the Pittsburgh quarterback, University of Pittsburgh. I haven't seen either of them play. But just from canvassing the landscape on my own, texting around, I don't think it's a great quarterback draft. And I am not into drafting a quarterback, even let's say the Steelers have a god-awful season, win five or six years, and basically have their second losing season in 21 years, which is an outlier, right? They are a model of consistency every year in the playoffs. Well, Ben is shot, and it's a quarterback league, and if he can't move around, if he can't push the ball down the field, obviously their offensive line sucks. They're not going to make the playoffs, and they're not going to win hell. They're not going to win eight games at this rate. I don't really know what they do at the end of the season. I know I heard Coward talking about Rodgers to Green Bay. I know Rodgers said he really likes Mike Tomlin. When Tomlin called the timeout last week before he could quick count him, they gave each other the eye. Who wouldn't like Mike Tomlin? I'd want to be friends with Mike Tomlin too. In what world, like Green Bay's good. They're going to go back to the playoffs. They're going to have a chance to compete for the NFC. I have a hard time thinking that Rodgers, especially if they break off Devontae Adams, I think Rodgers is going to stay. I don't think he's going to be available. I don't think that's going to be an option. And I'd also say, why would Aaron Rodgers want to go to the Steelers? Why would he want to leave the Packers and go to the Steelers? The Packers are better. Why wouldn't he just want to stay? Like Now, if he continues to hate Gudikins and they can't get along, I kind of understand it, but that doesn't really feel like the vibe in Green Bay right now. So it just shows you what they have accomplished is incredible. I have nothing but respect for any organization in any business who every year is just consistent because they constantly separate from the pack because it is very, very difficult to do that. It it really is. Why do Chiefs fans love Andy so much? Obviously, Patrick Mahomes and winning that Super Bowl was really sweet, but they were kind of a joke franchise. Scott Pioli had ruined it, and then he got there. Immediately, they get Alex, and this every year, double-digit wins. Every year, we're going to the playoffs. We're not going to win the Super Bowl every year before we even knew who Patrick Mahomes are. But we just have a chance. We're going to be in a playoff game. We're going to play in January. We're going to win a division or two. That feels good. That's really all a fan base wants. There is a short list of fan bases, Alabama, Lakers, Yankees, who really think it's like you know Super Bowl or championship or bust. If you are just consistent, the problem for the Steelers, a little bit of a fork in the road. And I just don't really see their options, especially if the quarterback draft is as bad as I think it is right now. Because I don't see who's going to be available. What are you going to do? Trade for Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy Garoppolo is already injured. He's not even that good. You know, your offensive line sucks. I, I just the options to me are just really limited. So 
you know, I, there's not really a Paul Goldschmidt or a Nolan Arenado for the Pittsburgh Steelers to trade for. Okay, let's dive into a couple games that we have not uh, <clears throat> hit on yet. Let's start in Florida, Tampa, Miami. Miami, do you know what sucks about Miami? One, they pass on Justin Herbert for uh, Tua Tonga-Vailoa. And they had three first-round picks in 2020. And two of them are Tua and Austin Jackson, who is a questionable pick at best right now. It's a disaster. Let's face it. That draft, where they got so much hype going into it, they had all these picks. Now it looks like two years later, God, we'd like a redo on that bad boy. Tampa coming off an emotional win, but they're just way better. And I know Brian Flores two years ago, remember? It was the year they were tanking for Tua, actually. He beat Brady the last game of the season. It cost New England the second seed, which at the time was a bye. Then New England was the third seed, and they lost to Tennessee in the playoff game. I would expect Brady, you know, that's a crazy SOB. He didn't forget that. He's going to try to stick a stake in Miami. That guy, Brady hates Miami. Played him for 20-plus years in that division. He probably likes Brian Flores, but I would say bye-bye Miami and welcome to 1-4. and four. And their franchise kind of in shambles. Their, their quarterback situation is, you know, are they going to have to trade for Deshaun Watson? Is Deshaun Watson, like, what's that even situation? Just a disaster. The whole thing is a disaster. And, uh, and and Tampa's in position to just be, whatever, they'd be 4-1 and one and kind of cruising along. <clears throat> Saints football team, you guys see the story about football team? Their trainer got raided by the feds. And the trainer is not a Dan Snyder guy. He's a Rivera guy. Now, I'm not I'm not blaming Rivera at all. I, I The story that I read is he was giving prescription drugs to people that probably couldn't have got prescription drugs. But anytime I see a headline that the feds have raided your home and your offices, that's a problem. Usually the feds don't waste that much time doing that crap. Now, you never know with a football team. A lot of people want are going after Dan Snyder, but this doesn't feel has anything to do with Dan Snyder. Both these two teams are two and two. Uh, whoever wins at three and two is going to be feeling pretty good. Whoever loses, like the football team was supposed to have a great defense. Last week I look up, Atlanta Falcons are scoring 30, so it's not going that well. Let's face it, Taylor Heineke is, is he going to beat the Saints? I mean, I just like the Saints in this game. And I don't love the Saints. Jameis is clearly a roller coaster ride, but their defense is solid. Uh, I, I like the Saints actually pretty easily in this game. Let's see. There are some bad games. <laughs> I wrote down a couple bad games. Titans at Jags. Giants, even the uh, Pats at Texans. Giants at Cowboys. Now, I like the Cowboys, uh, obviously, to kill the Giants, but I just, to me, I have a hard time watching the Giants. I know they're a powerhouse franchise in terms of fan base, and probably many people are listening, they're Giants fans. Your team's just tough to watch. It, it really is. Cowboys probably kill them. Pats at Texans. The the Pats are a huge favorite. They're like nine points last time I, I saw on the road. Pats don't score any points. Now, Davis Mills against Bill Belichick. This game is probably going to be like 13 to nothing. Talk about a snooze fest. Titans at Jags. The Titans just lost to the Jets. The Jags are in shambles with Urban Meyer. I, I just don't think I'll watch much of any of these games. I mean, I, just full disclosure. Just being candid. I'm, I'm honest. This is an honest podcast. I do not plan on watching any of these games besides when they come up on Red Zone or a highlight package at halftime. Some good games, actually, though. The Bears at the Raiders. Raiders... Joey Bosa basically just called Derek Carr soft. Said he fold like a cheap tent. 
And he's not necessarily wrong. And listen, Derek's a really good player, but toughness in the pocket has always been his knock. And I have a, listen, like, who am I to say? Like, would I stick in the pocket? I would go down too. Like, I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm some tough guy. Any one of us who talks shit about quarterbacks going in down in the pocket, we're not acknowledging that we wouldn't go down. We're just acknowledging that to be a great quarterback, you got to be able to hang there in the pocket and take hits. And that's always been Derek's, you know, kind of bugaboo. He likes a nice clean pocket. Who doesn't? But, you know, staring down when a guy's running at him to hold that guy open for an extra second. And when Joey Bosa said that, I don't think Joey Bosa just came up with that on his own. I think a lot of times players reiterate what their coaches tell them throughout the week. That had to be the number one coaching point for the Chargers who have a top five defensive coordinator in their head coach and Brandon Staley hammered home to that defense. Where did he coach for years? I guess not years, but a couple years, Denver Broncos with Vic Fangio. He knows Derek pretty well. And uh, the Bears, you know, have a pretty good pass rush. Khalil Mack, you know, who basically just takes Wednesdays off now in practice. He's a little banged up. But I I think they can kind of get after the Raiders. Alex Leatherwood, who the Raiders chose in the first round, pick 17, right tackle, Alabama. They have already moved him to guard. They have already moved him to guard. Like, that's kind of a problem. You don't pick a tackle in the top 20 and then move him to guard four weeks into the season. Now, I don't even think they're wrong. Like, you watch him at tackle, he's got no chance. And clearly, he was a talented guy. He started Alabama for years. But clearly, he's a little... He's swimming right now. Now, could he be better at guard? We'll see. But this is a game... I also am interested... The Raiders' defense actually is much better. Uh, They don't have... I wouldn't say they have a you know high-end talent, but they're playing well as a unit. They tackle pretty well. Watch Justin Fields. Can he put back-to-back games together? This would be a huge win for the Bears. Massive, especially with Justin Fields. Like, the Raiders are going to score some points. Ruggs looks good. Waller's a star. Uh, Brian Edwards, who didn't really do much against the Chargers, I would expect him to bounce back. Jacob's now healthy. Uh, I, I, I will watch this game. The other game I will definitely watch... Browns at the Chargers. I'm just fascinated by Brandon Staley. I I really am. Uh, He's just, I'm always fascinated by skinny guys who work like 20 hour days. How do they stay so skinny? Is it just natural genetics? Is he eat three salads a day? Does he only eat protein shakes? Does he never mix in a dirty meal? Uh, Because I know the guy, I know what coach, the hours they work. They never stop working. So how can you stay skinny? Maybe you get a couple workouts here and there, but he, he looks fantastic. And he's just big fan of the way his teams play. Stefanski, the Browns, like they've done it several different ways. Now, the report today on Thursday that I saw, Baker's labrum's messed up, which makes sense because a couple weeks ago, I forget who they were playing, but when he threw the pick and he tried to make the tackle and he held his arm, my gut feeling was like, oh my God, did he just break his clavicle? And clearly it's been a little off since because he hasn't been that good. That's a problem for the Browns. Now, last week against Minnesota, their defense was unreal. Miles Garrett looks like uh, both Bosa brothers, Khalil Mack mixed with Reggie White. Like, I mean, just Google Miles Garrett highlights right now. It, it is, it's absurd. It really is. I've been watching like NFL defensive linemen closely for 11 plus years. He might be just pound for pound, body type, every move he's got the best pass rusher in that time. And that's Von Miller, Khalil Mack, J.J. Watt. Like, it's a list of Hall of Fame level guys, and he might be the most talented of the group. 
had a buddy in the league who's like, he could break the sack record. He's that talented. And when I when he said break the sack record, I think he means like 30 sacks. Now with the extra game, but I don't I would never like at any single moment, Miles Garrett can just take over a game. And that just might be they're gonna have to lean on him if Baker's messed up. The run game and the defense. But this I guess I kind of like the Chargers in this game, but you know, it's it really is. I was thinking about it. I'm such a I'm a huge believer in the cream always rises. And not everyone makes it at the same time. Some people, they're discovered when they're five years old, right? Michael Jackson, Tiger Woods. Other guys, it takes a little time. Other guys, Phil Mickelson didn't win a major till his mid-30s. Some guys don't, you know, their business doesn't take off till they're 50, right? We all have different paths in life. Whenever anyone asks me for advice, like, hey, I want to work in the NFL, what do I do? I mean, I can only base it off what I did, but I worked with so many people that had a different route and we were all in the same building. Like every single person's route to where they want to go is kind of unique to themselves. But I've always believed when you're really talented and you're really good, you're always going to end up at the top. It might take you a little bit longer. You know, it might be a a windy road to where you ultimately want to end up, but you'll get there. Now, like I said, you got to stay consistent. You got to work hard. You got to have like the, uh, the basic attributes But if you have the talent, you're going to be all right. And Justin Herbert is a fantastic example of, you know, Eugene, Oregon, that's where he grew up, no major scholarship offers, started immediately at Oregon. But like, you know, it was kind of nitpicked. How good is the guy really? Yeah, he's six foot six. He's got a huge arm and he's a high level guy. You watch him in that Raider game and you go, Derek Carr right now is a top 10 quarterback and he's the third best quarterback in his own division. Like, if you did a draft for the NFL, Herbert, obviously Mahomes and Herbert would just go before Derek. That's that's pretty nuts. Shows you the talent in that, really the talent in the AFC and the NFC West at quarterback. You have Carr, Herbert, Mahomes. The Broncos don't really have one. Even though Teddy's actually solid. You know, he's probably like 20th best quarterback. And then the NFC West has Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, Stafford, and the Niners' disastrous situation. But hopefully one day... Trey Lance turns out to be good. Though he's got, uh, on my other podcast, I talked about it. He's got some things to fix. And it starts with that loopy release. You cannot have a loopy release and then not be that accurate. Like, we got we to gotta go into the lab before Kyle Shanahan and, and do, some, uh, do some coaching and development. But, yeah, the Browns, Chargers, and, and obviously the Sunday night football game. The Ravens were able to kind of shed, we can't beat the Chiefs, you know, week two, right? On Sunday night football. And Lamar Jackson just turned into, as an NFL coach told me, he's Michael Jackson of football. <laughs> you ain't never seen anything like him. I'm like, yeah, I agree. It was remarkable. Now the Chiefs kind of blew it, the fumble. But the Chiefs, when they care, and Mahomes is locked in, I don't care how shitty that defense is, they can drop 50 on anybody. They would drop 25 on the 85 Bears. That offense, when they're humming, it's an unstoppable force. The Bills have kind of got their mojo back. You know, they lost to Pittsburgh, which looks kind of weird looking back, but weird things happen week one. Last year, the Jags beat the Colts. That was the only win the Jags had, and the Colts had 11 wins the next 15 weeks. So, weird shit happens week one. But, you know, Kansas City, because they start, they lost those two games, obviously they don't want to go two and three, you know, especially if the Chargers were to win that game, all of a sudden they'd be four and one. Let's say the Raiders win, they'd be four and one, and you'd be a couple games behind them. And you've already lost to the Chargers, you haven't played the Raiders yet, but... You know, you're kind of behind behind the eight ball. The Bills, three and one, 
playing well. Allen's kind of got it going again. Uh, but this game's in Kansas City. I saw some quotes from Josh Allen. They were like, this place is going to be really, really loud. <laughs> it's a hostile environment. And they are going to be, this is going to feel like a playoff game. This is an elite matchup. Uh, I, I like the Chiefs, but you know this defense, not a great matchup. I mean, jo- Josh Allen could shred the Chiefs' defense. Shred that. I mean, Jalen Hurts was making plays all game long. Chiefs can't really cover. But to me, I, I say it all the time. If you can't cover, and really their pass rush, like they invested a first-round pick several years ago in Frank Clark. He's nowhere to be found. So Chris Jones can't do it all on his own. He doesn't really have any help. Their linebackers aren't that great. But, you know, I think they probably got to score 35-plus to win this game. Because last week against Jalen, like they were making plays. They scored 30 points. You know, and the Bills' offense is clearly better than the Eagles' offense. But I, I, I am very excited for this game. Back again with uh, one of the hottest gamblers in America, eight and four on the year, and really just a couple incompletions away from probably being about ten and two right now. But uh, we're rolling. Stucky of the Action Network podcast out every Thursday, every Thursday morning. Action Network podcast. Uh, how you doing, Stucky? Good. I'm doing better than uh, Ben Roethlisberger looked last weekend. Yeah, it was uh, a sad performance. You get that Tomlin spot. They come out. They go up seven nothing. Um, the blocks field goal at the end of the half that got returned that was devastating. But look, Roethlisberger, you have to complete some of these passes to cover. So unfortunately, that was our loser last week. But it was nice to survive the uh, New York double, which was uh, a little nerve wracking going into the day. I was following you on Twitter Saturday night. It looked like you were having some fun. You were just out and about, rocking and rolling. I was kind of jealous. That's most of my Saturday. So it's where it's grind from Sunday until not a lot of sleep until Saturday morning. Once all the bets are final, then uh, it's out to uh, my wife's bar here in, in Lexington, which was wild last week because they finally beat Florida. And it should be wild again this week against LSU, especially if they win. You guys have a bar in Lexington, Kentucky? Yeah, stagger in. Oh my! I need to. I might need to make a little trip out there. Oh, always LSU welcome. coming in this week. I mean, this is a big couple of weeks for you at the bar. Yeah, anytime. Uh, and then it'll be Georgia if they win the Georgia game. You know, it'll be back to reality for Kentucky football. But basketball season will be around the corner. Uh, they go to Georgia the week after. But yeah, you're welcome anytime to come. Basketball or football season, my guest room's always open as well. Oh, awesome! I have to take you up on that. Okay, let's. Uh... Let's start with uh, David Tepper's Carolina Panthers made a big trade this week. Obviously, won't really affect the game because I don't think he's going to play. Uh, he's, he's on pup, but uh, is he still on pup? I'm not quite yeah, sure. But he'll be already Gilmore week seven. Yep. So Philly at Carolina. Who you like? Yeah, I like I like Philly here, and I actually like that trade for Gilmore for the Panthers. I, I I'm a huge seller of man cornerbacks. Once they hit like 31 years old, you see a big drop off. But if they can go to a scheme where they play more zone and you're not relied on to just you know man up the corner the entire game, I, I like that for Gilmore. You see that with some older corners. Um, but I, I like the Eagles here. I think that this is just a perception. It's the perception of these two teams is just off based on the start. Look, the Panthers they started three and zero. They beat a rookie quarterback making his first start on the road in Zach Wilson. Then they beat the Saints in just an awful spot for New Orleans, coming off that win over Green Bay. They had all the assistant coaches out. They had injuries uh, due to COVID. And then the next week, on a short week, they get to play another rookie quarterback making his first career starts. They play two rookies. Then they get Dallas, 
on a short week after a Monday night game while they had extra rest and they come crashing back to earth. They give up 7.7 yards per play. I'm not a believer in this team. Uh, The market apparently is. And meanwhile, you know, the the Eagles haven't looked great, but they just played the Chiefs and the Cowboys. This will be a nice break for them. The Panthers defense has a lot of injury issues. Zach, you know, their Thompson, their linebacker, Shaq Thompson is out. Three of their five defensive backs that played in nickel situations in week one are now out. It's still a bad offensive line. It's still Sam Darnold. I'd be shocked if they rushed McCaffrey back here. I don't think that this line should be over a field goal. I think these two teams are relatively even. But from what we've seen from Philly over the last few weeks and then that perception of Carolina after starting 3-0, and which was basically just a gifted 3-0, and uh, I think you're getting some value. I took some four. I like three and a half. I would take three smaller. I think that's where it closes. And it looks like Mayata is uh, the excellent left tackle for the Eagles is practicing today. That's big for them. Uh, so uh, I like Philly here. I call him the Australian Trent Williams. He's unbelievable. I, uh, yeah, he's good. I, I'm with you. I, you watching Philly against Kansas City. They, they ran into a buzzsaw that night in Dallas on Monday Night Football, and Jalen was terrible. But they can. I mean, they have a lot of offensive weapons. You saw against Kansas City, they can score. They're not great on defense, but it's not like Carolina's missing McCaffrey. They might want to double, you know, DJ Moore. Other than that, you know, Carolina is not, you know, the Kansas City Chiefs. So I, I, I'm with you, J, Jalen. Actually. Beside the Dallas game, I thought is for the most part has probably been you know a, average to a little above. He hasn't been that bad. No. You know, McCaffrey or not McCaffrey, but looking at Darnold's numbers, I like Sam Darnold, but is he a little overrated right now? You know, I think the perception that he's like resurrected his career. He's been solid, but he's not. I think we're acting like maybe he's a little bit better than he's actually playing. Yep, and he's still operating uh, behind a, a suspect offensive line. There's three. You know, really poor offensive lineman on that line that I think the Eagles can generate some pressure. Well, Philly has against. a good D line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think that could be that could cause some issues for Carolina as well. Okay, the Niners. Um, you know, they crappy first two games, right? Play the Lions, play the Eagles, win both those two games. Then they get the Packers and Seattle at home, and they lose them both. So now everyone's off the scent. Going to Arizona, who probably beside, I guess maybe the Rams when they beat Tampa them beating the Rams, just watching that game was the most impressive win I've seen this year. I mean, they thoroughly manhandled them, out physical them. Kyler was awesome. They made Matt Stafford look kind of pedestrian. Uh, so everyone thinks Arizona's, you know, and they should. I mean, they're the only undefeated team in the league, arguably a top two or three team in the league. In San Francisco, people are kind of, uh, you know, jumping off that bandwagon. Who do you like in this game? Yeah, just as similar to Philly, Carolina, you mentioned my primary talking point. Two weeks ago, everyone wanted to buy San Fran's stock, and now they've sold all that stock, and they want to buy Arizona stock, which is why I think this line is super inflated. Preseason, this was projected to be right around a pick, and now you're getting close to five and a half, six at some point this week. I think this will inevitably crash back down and close at four, uh, maybe even lower. But, uh, you know, when I look at Arizona, they ha- they were super impressive last week. And Kyler Murray's been great. He's the he just became the third quarterback in NFL history to start four and zero with twelve hundred yards passing and a seventy five percent completion rate. The only other two quarterbacks to do that are Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning. He's been great, but. If you take a look, I mean, they played Tennessee in week one. It was dealing with a lot of COVID issues and new offensive changes. I loved Arizona there, so I didn't, but I didn't really take much from that game. 
the next week, you know, they're down 19-10 late in the third quarter at Jacksonville, and they get a, you know, a pick six, and that game just flips all of a sudden. Then Minnesota misses a field goal to win the game. They could have easily lost one or both of those games, and the perception would be much different. Yes, they looked like the best team in the NFL last week. But so did the Saints week one against the Packers. Like these are these it's just one game. You can't overreact. You're getting way too much value here. There's also still a lot of holes on this Arizona run defense at linebacker, the defensive line. So I think whether, you know, it's whoever goes at quarterback, whether it's Lance, if it is Lance, I think it might be. I don't think they're gonna rush Jimmy G back. Shanahan's gonna come up with a game plan uh, just and I think the unknown here and the uncertainty works in their favor. Okay, what's he going to come up with? We haven't really seen the Lance packages. And they could just run right down, I think, this this Arizona defense. Start. You even see – you saw Jacksonville do that at times. So I think San Fran will be able to sustain drives here. Uh, you know, this, the secondary injuries are a little worrisome against Kyler Murray and those weapons. But this is just way too many points. I don't think – even with the injuries, even with the you know adjustments that I've made for Arizona exceeding expectations last week, I don't think that this line should be over a field goal. And there's basically no home field advantage here. I mean, it's a division game, like hardly any travel. It's a place where the 49ers played at home, played home games at last year. Uh, you know, and it's not some crazy stadium. So uh, you know, the home field advantage here is negligible. Uh, this is a desperation spot. For San Fran, everyone is already right, writing them off. And then, you know, Arizona's all week hearing how great they are. So I think it's a great buy low, sell high spot on the 49ers. Trey Sermon looked good last week. Elijah Mitchell, the guy that went nuts against the Lions week one, who got hurt, is should be back. So you have those two guys who they drafted this year. I'm with you. They're comfortable in that environment. I mean, last, last year in a must-win game for Cliff and the Arizona Cardinals, the Niners with a million injuries, C.J. Beathard, Kicked their ass, yep. you know, shoved them around. So they feel pretty comfortable against this team. Um, okay, last but not least, the fighting Joe Burrows, who kind of have got their swag back. Jamar Chase, Cincinnati, the Bengals, kind of fun. Green Bay is now rolling. Aaron Rodgers feeling good after that uh, week one ass kicking. Everyone's just like, oh, is this team going to be back in the NFC Championship game? Uh, since he getting three points at home. Uh, who do you like here? Yeah, it's scary just to think about when I was placing this bet just on the surface. It's like, all right, I'm taking the Bengals only catching three at home against Aaron Rodgers. Uh, but the Packers have some issues here, uh, mainly on defense. I mean, they have their offensive line is all banged up. They might be without three starters on the offensive line. You know, they're missing Valdez Scantling, who, you know, not the best receiver, but he stretches the field, makes it a lot more difficult to cover that Green Bay offense, but more importantly, it's the defense. The defense has not been good this year by any metric. And you're, and you know, they played you know, Ben Roethlisberger. They played the Lions. Uh, you know, then you look, they played Jameis Winston, who shredded them. That looks even worse now. They played, you know, Jimmy G almost got to 30 against them. The defense has not been playing well. And now there's just so many injuries. Uh, you know, to Darius Smith is on IR, their best pass rusher. Preston Smith is banged up. And then most importantly, Jair Alexander, almost positive, is not going to play this weekend. And that is just enormous in this game. He might be one of the most important defensive players in the league to his team. Not only does he lock down one side of the field, he allows Green Bay to do so many things scheme-wise that they're not going to be able to do here. So Burrow, with those weapons, especially with Higgins coming back, can spread Green Bay out. And, I mean, Green Bay at this point is hoping Kevin King can come back from injury. 
and play. That's a scary thought when you're hoping for that. You know, then you're going to have a rookie in there and Shannon Sullivan against all of these Bengals weapons. Cincy defense has actually been much improved this year. So, I, you know, I, I don't think that they're going to get you – know, Aaron Rodgers is going to get his. But getting three points at home with this Cincy offense that I think just matches up really well with this Green Bay defense that isn't going to generate a lot of pressure without Smith and without Alexander, uh, Burrow is just going to have – you know, he could move. I think he's going to be able to move the ball effortlessly here. So, yeah, just give, give me the three at home with a team that I think can move the ball. If Rodgers is torching this Cincinnati defense, it could happen. We've seen it many times before. I think Burrow can keep up and maybe it's a, a shootout with the last team with the ball. And in that case, I'll be happy with having three points in my back pocket. Quick big picture uh, question on Cincinnati. You know, but by, you know, December, they could be on pace to be a, you know, nine-ish win team. So their value might not be great. But do you think this next month you could get pretty good value? Because I think people look at the Bengals like, oh, they're just a shitty team. When actually if Burrow's healthy, Jamar Chase turns out to be a stud. Joe Mixon, like you said, their defense watching them on that Thursday night game. I know it was the Jags, but it's like, oh, they're pretty physical. They tackled well. Uh, Could that be a team that's undervalued, at least for the next month, getting some points in some games, maybe a couple, maybe like that extra two or three points that they should not be getting. Yeah. I'm curious to see, I, you know, cause this, this line, I still like since he plus three, but with playing Aaron Rodgers, and, and, and granted you do have a couple extra days. You have a couple extra days of rest and preparation here. They played on Thursday at home and then, you know, Green Bay played a physical game against Pittsburgh, but I would, you know, this line tells me that the market is actually giving Cincinnati some respect. So we'll see. It's a good thought. I do think that some people don't believe in this Cincinnati team at all. I do think, their upside is limited a, a bit by their secondary and their offensive line, um, you know. But against teams that just aren't going to kill you, kill your offensive line with pressure, um, you know, we saw what happened when they played, um, you know, when they played the Bears and just uh, there was pressure everywhere. This team has weapons everywhere and they can score. And as long as Burrow stays healthy, which will be something to watch, as always with this team in their. Offensive line, uh, they they can compete with almost anybody in the league. I like it. I I'm in. I like all these picks. Last week, I thought you were a little crazy going with the New York teams, but I mean they both won outright. So uh, don't sleep on Stucky here. Uh, have, have a good weekend. Enjoy the game. Uh, go Wildcat. Mark Stoops, sneaky best coach in the country right now, beside Nick Saban. He's, yeah, he was he was being written off here years ago, and. Uh, He's really turned it around. You know, he brought in, a, I think, a great offensive coordinator for the program. But the, the recruiting that they're doing here, getting, you know, the, the talent that they're bringing into Lexington, a football program that was had gone through some rough patches. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's king of the world right now in Lexington. Hopefully they can well, pull what's it our out. Spread, what's our spread on that game? You like a little upset city there? Is LSU even that good? Kentucky's a three-point favorite. Um in that game and yeah lsu's coming off a home loss to auburn they lost at home to auburn for the first time since the 98 99 so lsu has some problems um can kentucky back up that win over florida like it's like a huge deal in lexington they haven't won here they haven't beat florida here since i think 1986 so we'll see how they react to that news i think the line is about fair if i had a if i place a bet on it i might look at the uh, under 51 there well, enjoy the game and uh, have a good weekend at, at the bar after the game. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you got to come come through one weekend, brother. <laughs> I definitely need to. See you, bro. I know. 
Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about an American-made success story in Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches are not owned by Big Tobacco. They're an independent company proudly built right here in the USA for 21 and over adult consumers. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. They believed the market wanted tobacco alternative nicotine products that offered the best of both worlds. Bold flavor, full pouches. What are they made of? It's pretty simple. Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. Most importantly, there's no tobacco leaf or stem. All proudly made right here in the USA. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the Black Buffalo Herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online, and they ship directly to most states. Or check out the store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because like most 16-year-old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers. I need to tint out the windows. I need to make this thing the coolest car possible so I can cruise around town with all my buddies, waving at the babes, and enjoy myself. So my favorite part of car culture when I was young was definitely the subwoofers in the back of the car. And uh, we built the boxes from scratch, had multiple 12-inch subs, and you could hear me coming from a long, long way away. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Sometimes it's a struggle between buying what you want over buying what you need. But with the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can do both. You earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you can earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like those new golf clubs you've been eyeing. And 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a divot repair tool. 
for after you've torn up your lawn. Let's try that again. Earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like workout equipment for your home, and then earn 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller to soothe your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the active cash credit card. It's ready when you are. With unlimited 2% cash rewards, the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Okay, it's that little thing we call the Middlecoff Mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Slide up into those DMs, get answered here on the show. Let's start with... uh, Actually, this is just I, I, I uh, Giants Dodgers Friday night, first time they've ever played in the playoffs, uh, at least in my lifetime. I think ever the the standing room only Giants Dodgers Friday night, two hundred seventy five dollars right now. A good seat is like seven hundred and fifty dollars. Pretty nuts. Playoff baseball games. If you've ever been to one, they're badass. I I, I can't recommend it enough. Uh, from Lane. John, love the pod. When's the next episode airing? For those of you that don't know, we, we've changed it a little bit. Monday, because we also go on Colin's feed, Monday exclusively on the three and out feed. Exclusively on the three and out feed. So you got to subscribe to my feed. John Middlecoff, three and out. Go subscribe to that feed. Then Tuesday and, and Friday, also on my feed as well as Colin's. Uh, so, but subscribe to my feed. I need you to do that. Subscribe the three and out feed. So we got three podcasts a week, Monday, Tuesday, Friday. Found you through Colin a year ago. Been a listener ever since. I appreciate your perspective. Appreciate it from Ireland. My question is, do you think the Falcons will move off Matt Ryan at the end of the season? I was surprised they took pits instead of going after one of the rookie quarterbacks in the draft. To me, it seems like they should be in total rebuild mode, but are somewhere caught in the middle. I kind of agree. I'm pretty sure... I think last year I was looking at it when, uh, because, you know, my other podcast, like basically a Niner podcast, we were talking a lot about would the Niners trade for Matt Ryan, but his cap, they paid him so much money, he's not really a tradable player. And I'm pretty sure even next year they got a lot in the books. Now, they could do a Jared Goff, a Carson Wentz, and kind of eat it. But the problem is we keep hammering this home. It's not a good quarterback draft. So I'm with you. They're kind of stuck in the middle of just Matt Ryan, an older version of Matt Ryan. Before I started recording this, I saw a couple of their guys, Calvin Ridley. I I didn't even realize we have a London game Sunday, 630 in the morning. Jets, Atlanta Falcons, another game I probably will not watch much of. Now, it's early in the morning. I'll turn it on. I try to, you know, try to be active on Sunday morning because I don't do anything from basically... uh, 10 a.m. till 9 o'clock at night. So I try to get a workout early in the morning, maybe maybe catch the game on the treadmill, but that is not one I have circled. What are we doing to the people in uh, in the U.K.? Hey, guys, you guys want to like football? We'll send you the Jets, and we'll send you the Falcons. Like, hey, thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it. You know, it's like, what? You, we're used to Messi over here, and you're sending us this? I don't even know if Messi plays in the U.K., but you, you know what I'm going for there. I'm a huge University of Utah fan. They have dealt with two players being killed by gun violence in the past year, and one of them, Ty Jordan, was going to have a be a big-time running back. Have you ever been part of a locker room that has dealt with tragedy? Do you think the Utes can recover from something like this and have a good season in the pack? 
Also, the way you talk about how hard these coaches and players work inspires me to put an extra effort in learning into my profession as a warehouse automation engineer. Thanks for the entertainment every week. I appreciate it. I mean, I think it's a pretty consistent theme in life, whether you're, you know, Belichick or Andy Reid or someone running a warehouse engineer. I mean, people that work hard, and listen, work, be, you have to be efficient when you're working hard, but, you know, people working four-hour work weeks, you know, I know there's a book, and I know the guy made a lot of money, but most people, that ain't the way they're doing it, right? I mean, hell, I listen, my job by no means is that labor-intensive. I just have to talk. But I do have to spend a lot of time watching these games. Now, I'm not acting like it's hard. I watch football for a living. But it just like, I, you, if, I, if I skip games, you guys would be able to tell. You're like, you're just making shit up. And I think one thing that separates, and I try to hang my hat on this, my generation, I, I think we value authenticity. It's why like Skip Bayless and Stephen A, it's all just all the fluff on these networks. I, I don't watch a second of it. I, I think it's terrible. I even think, like, I don't consume that much sports content anymore. It's also fake. It's like, I don't even think you believe what you're saying. I say it all the time. Like, I might be wrong, but I'm just giving you my opinion, uh, trying to entertain you, but it's based on whatever I see. I don't even know why we started talking about that. On the violence, it is crazy. The, the Utah running back who died last year, I think over winter break, was the Pac-12 rookie of the year. Like, he was going to be an NFL running back one day. And then the, the the other guy that just got shot and passed away was wearing his number. Like, it was his friend who wore his number to honor him. I mean, I, I don't even know. That's crazy. That is creepy. Just absolutely awful. Two young guys, part of a very successful program, a place that puts people, whether you play in the NFL or not, in positions to succeed and be thriving members. I, I say this all the time when I was at Fresno State. We have so many guys that never sniffed the NFL, that now coach high school football, that now have jobs in different communities, that play a huge role. You know, if you have a normal person job and you coach high school football, but you were a D1 football player, the impact you have, I said this about Phillip Rivers, the impact he's going to have every year on young people, it's pretty remarkable. I mean, I mean, just let's face it. Young people admire athletes. That they just do. And those people, when they're wired the right way, can help influence society in a positive manner. Think how negative and divisive society is right now. Like some, you know, I've always thought like, listen, I got some political opinions, but I'm not, I don't like being hated. I don't want everyone to hate me. And And the goal of politics is to be really divisive. Like that's kind of like everyone, regardless what news channel you watch, And whatever you believe, they're trying to divide and create chaos. Just know every person that you watch on TV makes millions of dollars and lives at the top of the hill in their community and goes home behind a big ass gate and is smiling and as happy as shit. Most of them don't even believe what they're saying. I'm not saying they don't stand for what they claim to politically, but their life's great. They get on the air, they divide, and they go home and live like a king or queen. It's like, I don't even think that would be very fun. Honestly, sometimes I get tired it's part of the job, but like being critical all the time. Like it's, I find it easier now to be critical of coaches than some of these young players. Like, you know, Zach Wilson or Trevor Lawrence is a shitty game. Like they're 22. You know what? I, I screwed up all the time when I was 22. Now it's one thing if an older veteran player screws up or a fringe player, like I, you know, it's a cutthroat, this business, 
But like, I, I find it much easier to be critical of a 50 year old coach who I think's you know vastly overpaid than a than a player because it's way harder to do what the player's doing than it is for the majority of coaches that are averages the day is long. So it gets tiresome sometimes just being critical of people. You know, I don't I don't want to. So much division in the media and everything's so angry and everyone's so mad. It's like shit. I'm happy. You know, I'm not. I'm not that mad. But I I do get passionate and excited to talk about football. You know, I I think it's just these type things humanize the whole situation. It's just crazy. I, I I've never my last year in Philly, and I was good friends with Garrett. We spent a lot of time together. Andy Reid's son passed at training camp. Uh, that was a pretty powerful moment. I mean, something I still think about to this day. And, uh, I mean, we weren't very good that year, but it, it had, you know, just, I don't know, you know, just some, some things can just be so powerful. It's hard for people to, to get over and, and, and you know, it's one thing to galvanize with an injury, right. Or, or something. It's another thing when people die, you know, it's just things that change your life forever. I mean, I, my dad passed away almost three years ago now. I mean, it's something you just, I remember seeing it with my mom when her parents passed away. It was something that like, she would get emotional about a lot just throughout her life, the rest of her life. And until it happens to you, you don't realize like it's death close to you, whether it's a close friend. I had a close friend pass away this summer. I mean, these things rattle you. I mean, they, they really, even if you have grown apart or whatever, but when you grown up with someone, definitely a parent or a family member, it's not, I, I think it's tough. You know, I, I never hold it against anyone in a sports situation when you start playing shitty after someone dies. Like, I, I mean, that's part of, we're all human beings. And it's, I'm big believer in compartmentalizing and staying focused. That's easy to say with most, most things. Life and death to me is on a completely different level. Uh, listen to the podcast. My question is, do you think it's time to revisit the NFC East being labeled as the worst division in football? My opinion, the AFC South, the AFC East, the NFC South, and the NFC North are all the worst divisions. It also plays a role in why I think the Cowboys are so slept on this year because people would say they are the best team in the worst division. Yeah, the South sucks, right? Indies in shambles. The Jags are a joke. The Texans are terrible. Um, and Tennessee is a pretty flawed, you know, probably playoff team. So yeah, I would agree. The AFC, the AFC East... I think the Patriots will be okay. Jets are bad. Miami. I, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you might be onto something. NFC North lions. They're not going to win a game for a long time. Uh, the bears, the Viking. Yeah, it's fair. I think at this point in time, the Cowboys are just good. Like whether the division is good or not, the Cowboys are good. That's we can say that the Cowboys are good. Their division is not or their division. Who knows? Maybe the Eagles are kind of sneakier than we think. We'll see. Uh, the football team, if they were to win this week, like I said, they'd be 3-2. and two. The Giants are just not good. Cardinal fan here. Two questions on Cliff. I know you gave him some credit about the last game, and after three years, I finally am all in on him. What is considered a successful season for him this year? 10-12 wins is his greatest accomplishment as a pro coach. The development of the run game. Love your show. Big fan. Appreciate it. From Dan. Yeah, I would say making the playoffs. If he makes the playoffs, that's an incredible accomplishment. Like, he makes the playoffs, win or lose a playoff game, I don't care, home or away, that's an unreal accomplishment. 
So that that to me, period, point blank, you get in the dance, you are playing a game, wild card weekend, or obviously you win the division, be remarkable. Because if you get in the playoffs, that means Seattle, the Rams, or the Niners, one of those teams misses for sure. So you you know you finish probably second or first in the division. If they were to win the division, I mean, you probably have to give them a contract extension. I think part of the run game opens up. Their pass game is so dynamic right now. One thing I might have been wrong on, A.J. Green. A.J. Green looks good. When you can pass the ball in the spread offense, everyone starts playing back, and then you get these spread run game concepts. You just hand it to Edmonds. He's got gaping holes, and he just hits it, and he's getting 10, 20, 30 yards. And then your quarterback can always run. They got a lot of different pitches right now. Their quarterback runs all over the place. Their little running backs are fast. All their receivers are good. Their offense is unreal. I mean, it, it really is. Now, it was last year when Kyler was healthy. So if he's healthy, they're going to be really dynamic on offense. Love the pod, but I think you missed the angle on Urban's bender was so egregious. See, again, a bender, he had fucking a couple cocktails. I mean, a bender would be like, you know, <laughs> three nights in Vegas with a bag of cocaine and, you know, all-nighters for three straight days. Like, a, a bender, he went out. But, let's hear what you have to say. It's not having a few cocktails is so bad. He's married, a father of daughters, and is a visible leader, $3 billion organization. He's out there grinding on co-eds on multiple picks and videos. It's a terrible look and mark against his organizational his organization's brand. Well, I'll pump the brakes there. His organization's brand is a joke. The J- when I say the Jacksonville Jags, you think losers. <laughs> you think irrelevant. Urban Meyer's brand is infinitely bigger than the Jacksonville Jags. It ain't even close. It's a leadership failure 101 if he runs around being a pervy grandpa. Pervy grandpa? The girls are sliding up on him. He's a 60-year-old worth hundreds of millions of dollars. Everywhere he goes, when people know him, women want him. Welcome to America. Now, is it a good look? I've ag- I agreed earlier this show. It's not because of the distraction that it causes. But this notion, he's married. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> you know, Bill Clinton and, Ch- and uh, Hillary Clinton are married. You know, did they? Wh- who cares? <laughs> Will Smith, Jada Pinkett are married. What, what marriage? Th- this isn't 1978. Well, I, some people are in real marriages. A lot of people are not. Half the marriages get divorced. Like, what, what does marriage mean? Well, honestly, because I've gotten this a lot. He represents his family. Well, how do you know they even have a happy family? I don't know that. You don't know that. None of us know that. Why are we assuming so many things about Urban Meyer? Now, him not flying home with the team, him, the players already thinking he's a clown, that's a problem. But him being a pervy, gran- pervy grandpa, uh, the girl was rubbing up on him. <laughs> like, wh- what are we talking about? So it's like, I, I get it. In theory, older guy, younger woman, he's rich. He's powerful. But those guys usually overachieve in the lady department if they want. But this notion that he's in some like perfect happy marriage and he screwed it up, to me is laughable. I don't know that. Maybe he isn't a great marriage. None of us have a clue. I don't know the guy. It's not going well because he can't handle pro players. He's not a schematic genius. His coaching staff sucks. Because he had some cocktails going on a bender. He didn't go on a bender. He, he was stayed at home. He went to a bar. This is what I, this is my whole take on this thing. I, I think it jumped the shark on the individual incident. 
Now, did that individual incident represent more things? But I've seen more and more people talk about the guy's fucking marriage. Like, like, like every single 99.9% of marriage, everyone's just happy. What world are we living in? I, I, I'm also kind of tired of talking about Urban Meyer. I don't care. He's, he, if it wasn't, and, but this shows you, if it wasn't for Urban Meyer, we would never mention the Jags. They, they don't move the needle at all. See, <laughs> Urban Meyer organization's brand, the organization, that, that brand, honestly, if they relegated, got rid of the Jags, not a soul would notice. If Urban Meyer quit tomorrow and said, I'm going to be a college coach, think how many people would want to hire him as a college coach. What should the Vikings do for the future? It seems like Kirk and Zimmer combination is football purgatory with no choice, no chance to be awesome, and no chance to be shitty. Love the pod and the honesty. Yeah, I would say Zimmer's probably more the problem than Cousins. Uh, like, I, I think you can make the playoffs with Cousins. He's proven that. Zimmer, I think it's run its course. You know, I think where you guys screwed up, if you could have a do-over, you would have fired Zimmer and hired Stefanski. And sometimes that happens. You know, it happened once upon a time with the Cowboys and Sean Payton. I think Sean Payton and the New York Giants. Like, you get these guys in your backyard, and it's like the Washington football team, Sean McVay, Kyle Shanahan. Like, you get the opportunities. Now, Rivera is going to be solid. But forever, you know, it's like, I don't really know who they hire. Maybe Joe Brady, get him with Cousins and that offense. Reunite him with Justin Jefferson. But I, I would imagine when they miss the playoffs, which I think it's fair to say the Vikings are going to miss the playoffs, Mike Zimmer will be relieved of his duties. Rick Spielman, who I think is a really good GM, uh, I, I would assume would keep his job. Seems like the offense, uh, Niners related, seems like the offense is struggling with most catches being contested versus previous years. Is the result of the running game struggling or the league catching up with Shanahan's scheme? Now, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I can't. My opinion is Kyle's just had a rough year. He's just, he hasn't been on point. Just period, point blank. I, I, I say this over and over. You can be a really good coach and have a couple bad games. Elon Musk probably has a bad week. Bezos, not every week's perfect. Like LeBron James has some bad games, right? Joe Torre made some bad moves. Bruce Bochy wasn't always right. But, like, I believe in Kyle Shanahan, and I would say the last three weeks have been pretty questionable for his standards. He makes 10-plus million dollars a year. He's considered one of, if not the best offensive mind in the league, and he's not scoring enough points. Like, he's got to find to get points on the board, whether it's Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance in there. And it's not, we use this excuse sometimes, like, you know, they don't have enough wide receivers. They don't have enough playmakers. He's got Debo Samuel, baller. Brandon Ayuk, super talented. George Kittle, baller. He's got the best fullback in the league, use check. He's got more than enough running backs. He's got a good offensive line. Like, you got to be able to score, you know, 25-plus points a game. And he's struggling. He scored 21 the last two weeks. And really, 21 against the uh, Seattle, you know, he got a garbage-time touchdown at the end of the game. So it's just, he hasn't been good. (laughs) He's got to step it up. With the NFC North being relatively weak this year, and with you what you've seen on tape from the Vikings, starting one and three with what was supposed to be the easy part of the schedule is brutal, uh, but the odds you give the Vikings to make a late season run and sneak into the playoffs. Uh, they still have six divisional games, 
and they match up nicely versus Green Bay, 3-1 and one in the past four years. That's a good little nugget. Let me check their schedule here. I, I think it's really hard at 1-3 and three when your defense isn't great to go on a run. But they got the Lions this week. Okay, they're 2-3. and three. Then they got the Panthers at Carolina. That's a big game. If they lose that game and go 2-4, and four, it's like, well... But you win that game and all of a sudden you're 3-3, three and three, okay. Then you go on a little stretch that looks really, really hard. Cowboys at home, at Ravens, at Chargers, Packers, at Niners. I don't know, man. I I don't see it. Like, I, I don't see it. That, that stretch. They're probably going to have to win the Lions game, win the Panthers game to be 3-3, three and three, and then Cowboys, Ravens, Chargers, Packers, Niners. How do they go 3-2? and two? And I, I think they're in trouble. Yeah. Because 9-8 and is not going to make the playoffs. You probably got to be minimum 10-7 and seven and probably 11-6. and six. So I, I think it's fair to say that Zimmer, the Vikings run, not their player. I mean, Cousins not going anywhere. All the offensive guys aren't going anywhere. But I, I think what they have going for them is it's coming to a screeching halt. And listen, at least you beat the, the Saints a couple years ago on the road. Cool win. But it's probably over. Now we just got to start talking maybe by midseason. Who is going to be their next coach? Joe Brady would probably be the name. Uh, Brian Dayball would be another name. Uh, it feels like it'd be an offensive guy for sure. Enjoy the weekend. Uh, stay having fun. Yeah, have some cocktails. Enjoy some football. Hang out with your family. And uh, talk to you guys next week. Monday, exclusively 3 Now Podcast. Go subscribe. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.